we are in week four of our series, What's Next? God is doing phenomenal things. Phenomenal things in our house, even in this, what people call this, I don't even call it a transitional piece. People always look at transition and they have different perspective about it, but I just look at it as a, a crossing time, changing time. Because whether you realize it or not, you're always in transition. <laughs> you're going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. You're always in some sort of transition and God's, God's transforming you. And there are things that God is doing in your life and, and shedding you from. And most of you have survived the wilderness and you survived some hard times and we don't have time to go into the stories about who you survived. It's been, let's just say it's been a six years. But I believe that God is faithful. The Bible talks about after you've suffered a while, he will strengthen and establish you. And I believe that God is strengthening and establishing this body for what he's called this body to do. And so as we go into the book of Joshua, just keep your hearts open today because I believe that as always in this house, God always wants us to move and progress. It's never about going backwards. There are times in your life where you revisit things, but it's only for a time and a season. It's not to get stuck there, but it's to get unstuck, unstuck. And so I believe there's a lot of unstuck and going. Because one of the worst things you can do and one of the most difficult things to do is when you get stuck in something, you can't get out. And the Lord has to intervene, but the Israelites are about to go in. They've already crossed the Jordan. They're in the plains of Jericho. And we're going to pick it up right now. So now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with the drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? And neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, you're going to win. No, he replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. The first thing he said is, you're on holy ground. Worship. Take off your sandals. It's it's symbolism of us being in a position of worship before God. If you don't have that attitude of worship before him, you'll never make any progress because you'll always think it's by your might and your strength that you're going to progress. And God said, it's not. What I like about this is that the commander said, I'm not even for you or for your enemies. I've got orders from someone higher than you. They're in the plains of Jericho. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Backtrack. Why was it because of the Israelites? Because when they crossed over the Jordan, the people in the land of Canaan started to freak out because they saw that God was with them. And God immediately already did the work and prepared the hearts of the people before they went over. Not just his chosen people. But there was so much fear that they barred up the city. And I wonder in our life, what do people think about you? And how do they view you and the perspective they have about you? Do they see the favor of God in your life or do they see fear and intimidation? And I'm concerned in the body because rather than the body standing up because of who they know, 
they shrink back in intimidation because who they think they are because of what they've done. And a lot of their identity is built upon what they've done rather than who did the work for them. And it's hard for them to close the gap because it is a process to transform and to change that mindset. That's why the wilderness was essential and important for the Israelites. A mindset had to change before they went into the promised land. There was no way that God was going to take them into the promised land using old methodology. It had to die. There was no way that God was going to take you from the season you were at and into the new season you're about to go into just because of the way you thought about stuff. And so we have an issue with the Israelites going in, not on the Israelite side, but the enemy has already been defeated in their own head. And you know that right now the enemy has already been defeated. It's a matter of you seeing him defeated as opposed to you looking at it from a different lens. You already have the victory. You have to walk in the victory that God has given you. It doesn't mean you don't have to fight. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted or where I don't have to fight, I don't have to stand because I don't have to worry about the grace of God because he'll forgive me. No, no, no. You Don't get it twisted. God gives you the ability to stand and fight and to overcome even though he's given you the victory. You still have to walk in it. It's not a license to live anywhere you want and then expect God's going to come through with you. What kind of God would that be? You live any way you want to live, then God bails you out. This is not the great bailout. God saved the world. God saved you because of your sin. And God continues to do things in your life because of his grace. But God does not just bail you out and wink at sin just because you're sinning. And God said, well, I'm going to save him because I have mercy. you got to be careful in the way you treat God and how you look at God. Paul said, should I keep on sinning that grace may not? Absolutely not. There are people that you know that are sinning and their attitude is, is God's going to forgive me? Change your perspective. Because God will expose you just as quick as he promotes you. You can't have promotion and not stay prostrate on the ground. You have to have dual position. I got to stay in my face. And as I stay in my face, God promotes me. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and his fighting men. Here's where the story gets interesting. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Has seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Everyone loves this story because they heard it in children's church. <laughs> and when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. First thing he said was, advance, advance. Keep going. Keep that in mind. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark, and all the time the trumpets were sounding. Worship. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So we had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. And Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went around ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. 
So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. Stuff was happening behind the scenes. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. And the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And we'll skip down to verse 20. And when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They took the city. Not because they were good. It's because they heeded the instructions that God told them to heed. And one of the things you have to know about God is this. God is always going to tell you, advance, advance. There are times in my life where I've been in that in-between stage and we know that in-between stage of where I'm not where I want to be, but I feel God is moving me to the place where he wants me to be. It's right there. It's there. I need you to step into it. But the temptation is to wait until it's more comfortable or until I see an opportunity to go. And most of the time, God tells me to go. It's not always light. It's not always bright. Most of the time is dark. God says, go. And most of the time we're waiting on the green light. And God is like, I'm waiting on you just to go and press on the gas. And I'll show you where to go. Advance. I understand there are seasons of your life where you feel like, I feel like I'm circling. I feel like I'm circling. But those seasons are supposed to come to an end. And then God invites you to move on to the next place in your life. Because if you remember that that trip from the wilderness to the promised land was supposed to be 11 days, not 40 years. And so we're talking about seasons that change and they're supposed to change. And I'm here to tell you tonight that this body is advancing yes. and it's moving forward, yes. not backwards, right. not backwards. So no matter what you look at as transitional, it's all a setup for forward forward advance and what does that look like for you well that means sometimes it may not look the way you want it to look like but regardless it's advance i don't see it it's okay advance advance i'm gonna show you a quick click go ahead now third down and five Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Here it is. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Inside the 25 and a timeout taken. Oh, my God. This ball is thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. This was in 2008. The Patriots were undefeated. You all remember the Patriots? But yeah, I remember that year. Don't talk about it. Okay. 2008, the last game of the regular season, the Giants won against the Patriots, and they lost, but they learned some stuff in that game. And since you're not a Giant fan, I'll help you with what happened in the playoffs. They ran the table on the road in the playoffs, unlikely. They beat Green Bay going to the Super Bowl, and they were major underdogs going in against the Patriots. 
This was with a minute and 15 left in the fourth quarter, and they were down 14 to 10, and it was third and five. You don't make this, you got one more down, and that's it. And I, I'm not saying that God intervenes and things happen in sports. A lot of people say, well, God doesn't intervene in sports. He lets people just, there are some times where it's like angels in the outfield and like <laughs> someone trips, balls right here, they drop it. How'd you drop that in the end zone? And you know, God was like just tickling the ear and ah, something happened. Okay. <laughs> stuff supernaturally happens. No. Yeah, you know stuff. You, come on, you know the guys at work. Okay. And a lot of things had to break during this game. And eventually they went down and they scored and, and they won the game 17-14. And I'm telling you this because there are certain things and certain times in your life that if you catch the right revelation at the right time, yes. it'll change the game for you. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with how it looks. It didn't look real well. The game didn't look great. It's like, man, we got to do something. But this is the time you want to be in the game. At least you're in the game. You're not getting blown out. So the longer I stay around, the more I have an opportunity to win because we keep hanging around. TCC keeps hanging around. And the more you hang around, it's like the more you have an opportunity for something. And the enemy is like, I can't beat him. I can't beat him. I try to take the whole church out with COVID. I try to kill the pastor. I try to do everything. But the church won't die. And so God said, listen, all it takes is just an attitude to say, I'm going to stay in this thing. It doesn't matter. It takes one, one catch, one catch, one revelation that you get that will change the game. And I want you to, to look at this. This catch, you realize what he did on this catch, how strong he had to be to hold that thing against his helmet with the defender on him trying to knock it out. Do, do you know the work that has to be put in? Do you know the work and the concentration that has to be put in when the game was on the line for him to make that type of catch and say, you know what, come hell or high water, I'm doing everything I can to catch this because this thing is on the line. And I wonder, do you have that type of mentality? Do you want to be in the game when it's on the line? Or are you the type of person that's like, nah, sit me on the sideline because you know what, something might go bad and I don't want to be blamed for it. If that's your attitude, you'll never go into the promised land because God said there has to be some sort of risk Give me someone who's willing to go in and just catch something, just get dirty, just get hit. Give me someone who has to, to be able to go in. I was, but go in and catch. Give me someone. Here's the ready thing. And David Tyree. I know his grandma. Later on, I realized that his grandma was going to the same church I did. And she came up after it and said, hey, listen, I told David about you, and I have it at the house. It's a framed out book that he wrote about him and the catch and the picture on it it's him doing exactly that smiling with the football on here like this sign to me and it was just a real great moment because that was a pivotal time in his life and it had nothing necessarily it was not just football God was doing something bigger in his life and what we do in our life is, well, it's just something small. God's doing something bigger in your life you can't see. And the revelation you're getting is not just for you now. There's going to come a time when you're on your job, in your house, or God's going to elevate you into a position of influence, and you got to be able to hold what God has given you. But if there's no work, if you don't put in the time, if you don't put in 
the sweat equity in order to be able to hold it? How are you going to get in the game? You're going to be too fearful. But if you learn in the wilderness how to beat fear, if you learn how to beat doubt, if you learn how to do it when it's hard, then when you get in the game, it's easier because you know how to deal with pressure. You remember when I posted that thing, y'all, about two weeks ago? Everything is difficult before it's easy. You can't break through the easy unless it's hard first. And people are looking for this. It's like, well, do you know what it took? Thousands of hours putting in the work to be in a position that most people never get to be in. And he came through and he's a believer. And I believe because God came through for him. Because God said, it's not just about this catch, David, but I'm going to build something around this whole thing. One catch in a Super Bowl is going to propel your life to a new level. One thing. One transitional piece. God said, I'm about ready to take you from obscurity to notoriety. He said, I'm about ready to do it. Everyone wants the spotlight, but then when you get on it, it's tough. Lord, I want to speak for you. And then you're on your job and the opportunity and you're like this. You're in the office in front of 10 people and the opportunity is right there and the door is open and the conversation is there and you're trying to talk, but you can't talk. It has everything to do with God and God promoting. If you remember what God did with Joshua, God promoted him so much. Israel said they were so in awe of him because of what God did, because they said, yes, he just had the spirit to say, we're going to do it. Not that they were perfect. Not that they were perfect. And if you look further in the story, what happened and read between the lines is that they went into the city and they killed everything in the city. The city was taken. Young, old animals all died. Israelites took them out. God wanted the city. What do you do when God asks you to do something that goes against your natural inclination? I'm not talking about killing physical things. There's a, a parallel here. What do you do when God asks you to do certain things that go against your natural inclination to actually do it? Because if, if we can't learn to kill the things that don't glorify God, we're not moving. So what is your next step? I've got to kill everything that does not glorify God. Whatever it is, your attitude, the way you look at stuff, how you quit. Can you imagine if Joshua would have quit? He had to wait 40 years, not because of him. But there was something inside of him that said, I believe that God's in this and I'm going to wait it out because God has a promise land for this people. And you know, God was speaking to him during that time. You're going in. When Moses dies, you're going in. Just wait. And the time finally came and he was ready to go. If God called you tomorrow and said, it's finally time to take the position. It's finally time to move here. It's finally time. Would you be ready to go? Or are you still holding on to stuff in your life that's comfortable? Or are you okay releasing it and saying, okay, if they go, it's fine. If the job goes, it's fine. Lord, I just want to be where you're at because I sang the song. I say, give me Jesus. And Monday comes and it's Jesus time. Because it's not necessarily what happens here on Sunday or Sunday night. Because when Monday hits, that's where the real walk is. And you got to walk out your door and you got your arm around. And the enemy is whispering to you and say, okay, it's going to be a day today, Malia. Are you ready for it? And then the opportunity comes. You got to put some faith in it. Because you talked about Jesus on Sunday. And guess who's ready to go on Monday? The enemy's ready on Monday. He doesn't care that you can worship good. He doesn't care that you lift your hands. He doesn't care. What he cares about is you've actually live it. It's the reason why God asked 
them to take the city out and to devote it. I don't want anything in there that represents things are not of me. It's one of the reasons why when things die in your life, sometimes they take longer because God wants to make sure they're really dead. He knows you have a tendency to like, you, you are really good at raising things back to life. <laughs> the thing is finally almost dead. And the Lord is, oh my God, relationship's finally almost dead. But you're like, oh no, hold on, Lord. And you pull it back up for another kiss and put it back down. You don't need to kiss it anymore. Right. It's done. Right. You don't need to rehearse it. And sometimes the enemy will bring it back up at you. Ever notice that? And this is what this, the enemy has been doing with me lately. I'm, I'm in a new place. I'm going in. I feel I'm in the land and things are happening. The enemy will bring back some stuff I used to do. Yeah. Yeah. And just get me like in a little, little trance. And I'll be thinking about this. I'll be like, you know what? Just no, real quick, back this way. Now that's dead. Yeah. And I know it's dead because there's no longer shame or guilt associated with it. Yeah. That's the barometer. Yeah. It's done. I don't need to rehearse it anymore because I've been working on stuff. And Jesus has been taking me through stuff just like he's been taking you through stuff. That's the barometer. What's the test? If you feel, still feel shame over it, you're not over it. And that's going to continue to come back up until it's dealt with. Because God wants you free, really free. Not like almost free, but really free. God gets no glory in you walking in shame. The Israelites would not have been able to take the city if they were still walking in fear and intimidation. But God had did such a work in their life that they were pro-Jesus, that when Jesus said, do it, they did it. It's not like today. It's not like the debate Christian who's not really pro-Jesus or they're pro-Jesus when it's convenient. And then when it's really not convenient, it's kind of like, mm, I'm more independent. I'm more of independent, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I have a loose interpretation of the Bible on some things. But then when it really push comes to shove and they really want something, it's like, no, I really believe in Jesus. I believe he's the son of God. Yeah. But there's really no foundation because they believe what suits them. You can't serve God and then whatever suits you at the same time. It doesn't work that way. How are you going to possess something that God has called you to possess if all these little things that suit you, the little gods in your life, they become the face cards. It's not Jesus. It's all the little things. You can't successfully fight in this life by holding on to the world and compromising and holding on to Jesus. You're going to lose every single time. And some of you might be losing now. You don't understand why. Why am I losing? It's just your attitude. You're not sold out. You're selling your soul for other things. And you can't sell your soul and then expect Jesus to be the lover of your soul at the same time. It doesn't work that way. I can't take it no more, Lord. And Lord's like, about time you can't take it. I'm waiting for you to come and break to finally you get over the addiction of trying to please people. Because that thing is killing you your whole life. You can't breathe right without being around certain people. And if you can't breathe right without being around certain people, we got a lot of work to do. If you can't release people to do what God has called them to do and you still be okay, we got a lot of work to do. Kill everything that does not glorify God. I'm not talking about living a perfect life where I have to abstain from everything in the world because I am perfect. You're not perfect. God is perfecting you. And a matter of fact, God wants you in the world as salt. If you lose your saltiness, he said, you're no good. So we got to learn to be in the world, but not of it. That's why there's some boundaries the Lord said, I'm trying to set 
So it doesn't mean I'm not going to take you in. It doesn't mean you don't work. It doesn't mean you don't do your things, but there's going to be some boundaries we're going to set because we got to make sure this thing flows right. I can't have you be a witness that all of a sudden now they're testifying about you how there's no difference. There's no difference because you talk the same way. You're the light. It's quiet because half of y'all know that. You go in the office and immediately something switches. I don't care if the atmosphere is not like it is on Sunday. You change the atmosphere. It's not supposed to all of a sudden now I become where I'm at. That's not how it works. You change it. You're free. You walk in free. The Spirit of God is on this right now. Give me Jesus. He said, you got me. Now let's go to work. There's some stuff we have to do. There's some stuff God's trying to teach you. There's some stuff God's trying to teach the world through you. You know all the mentality that you hear during the week that's not of God? God said, hey, listen, that's good for them. It's not good for you. That's not how you operate. Kill everything that doesn't glorify God. Guess who works hard? You. That's who works hard. Guess who honors authority? You. Guess who is able to work independently? It doesn't have to be micromanaged. You, because you're emotionally healthy and that you can handle a little bit of persecution. You can handle some independence. You, you don't have to have everyone check you all the time because why? You can be trusted. That's you. That's you. That's you. Okay? I can't wait for the weekend. You can wait. You can wait. I can't wait, man. I can't, I, I, I can't wait to spend, I'm get a big check this week. And then you go out and blow it. On stuff you don't even need. The world may do that. You don't. Why? Because you're supposed to be bringing money in the house. Are you giving? This is a time to renew your hope and your faith. We're coming into the season. This is, I don't care whether, I don't care if he was born in April, he was born in Juneteenth, I don't care where it was, okay? He's born, this is the time the year celebrates him. This is the time we all get in the celebration mode and we start doing it. That's what we do. It's a time to renew hope. There's something about this time. There's something about it. It's time for you to finish strong. Finish strong. One of the things I like about the story is that, you know, every time, I was thinking about this this week, Every time they walked around the city, the foundations begin to shake. Because when God does stuff, he does things you can't see. What I believe was happening. And as they were walking around, the foundation just a little bit. Because remember, this is a stronghold. Jericho was a stronghold. It's that, it's that false sense of security that people hide in to escape. Because remember, that's what stronghold means. We're hiding in places because we think that it's safer here than it is out. That's what the enemy tries to get people to do. That's where there's so many issues. We're going to hide in this thing because it's safe. But it's actually killing you. Killing you. That's why Jesus wants you free. So every time they were walking around, it was a prophetic thing. Well, check the foundations of this thing. Second day, a little bit more. Until finally... It came down. And I'm wondering what God's asking you to do. Lord, I don't know why I'm doing this. Just keep doing it because things are moving. And you know they're moving because you're unstable. And you keep walking around it. But there's a little bit of hope. You're seeing a little bit of hope breakthrough. Like, oh man, I'm seeing, I'm seeing victory. There's a little more faith. I mean, you're, all these things are starting to happen, right? They're moving a little bit. Why? Because you keep walking around it. And God just renewing your faith. 
It had nothing to do with how I feel about it. I'm just moving around it. Now, my hope's being restored. My joy's being restored. Man, I got, there's so much freedom right now in my life. I don't know even know what to do with it. And God said, just keep doing it because I'm breaking through. Just keep doing it. I know you may not see it, but when you begin to see it, the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. But when the desire comes, it's like a tree of life. Hope has nothing to do with how you feel because you can do things when you don't feel anything. And then God has a way of supernaturally breaking through and just giving you hope because it's not by sight. It's not how you feel, but it's by faith. That's why when you do things, we take it by faith. You don't take it by sight. I see a giant. I'm not taking the giant by sight. I'm taking it by faith. I'm throwing stuff at it in faith. He's bigger than me. I'm throwing at it in faith, but I'm not going to be intimidated by it. So what are your marching orders in this season of your life? And for some of you, it's just, I need you to keep walking. Keep walking because things are changing. Just keep walking. I'm doing things that you can't see. Foundations are being strengthened. I'm pulling stuff up. You can't look at your life now compared to the beginning of the year and say that you're the same. That's a no. Even at the beginning of the year, when we had said, when we had a meeting, I said, guys, we're not going to be here next year. And I was like, what does that mean? I'm like, just wait. Walking. Walking. <laughs> Man, I feel it. Ooh. There will be times where we just jump. Just hold on, Lord. Hold on. Hold on. Where we go? I'm just walking behind the scenes. Everyone's like, what are we doing? I'm just walking. Do what God's called me to do. Just being faithful. Being faithful behind the scene. God's moving stuff, moving people out. Oh, what do you think about having them? All of a sudden, conversations begin to happen. God's doing stuff behind the scenes. Why? I'm out of it. Remember, they didn't say anything. They just worshiped. I'm just, I'm using worship as my weapon. I'm just worshiping. I wake up just singing. Just be singing. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's a struggle, but I'm singing. I don't feel it all the time, but I'm singing. But hope's coming. Hope's coming. How you doing this, man? I'm just, Jesus is strengthening me right now. I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. How you doing? I'm struggling. Well, start worshiping. Keep walking around until eventually things break. But they don't break unless you walk. And this is what we got to fix in the body. The difference between waiting and hoping. I wait with expectation. The word is, I hope with expectation as I am walking. Okay, I'll put it to you this way. We just saw David Tyree. Play is, Dave, game's online, guys. We're in the huddle. Game's online. Here's the play. That's why. Good, we good, we good. Millions of people watching. I don't know how many people on the stands. If the receivers say, eh, somebody else will do it. The play is, we have to advance and go down the field to score. Has nothing to do with how you feel right now. You might be tired, you might be upset, you might be bruised, but you gotta still run the play and execute the play. The game's on the line. You don't know 
what's going to happen as a result of this play. Winning teams know how to win. Let's do it. The game's on the line. If he decides to take a playoff, because people do. What if he decides, I'm not going to run my route? Or I'm not going to try to break free to get open, and that's another message. Because there's too much, he's just on me too much. He's on me. What if you don't have enough willpower and strength to try to get around him to get open? Because there's always going to be someone in front of you trying to block you. If you can't get around him and shove him out of the way and do what God's called you to do, you got more work to do. You got more work to do. Because there's always going to be someone trying to flash something in your face, trying to distract you. Because you say, no, I'm not doing that. I don't like that. No, I'm not about that adultery. I'm not about that love. I'm not about that porn. I don't do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is what I do. I'm looking for Jesus. I got to run my route. I got to run my route. So I'm I'm going to run my route, and I don't care who's around me. I have to get open. I got to stay open because the game was on the line. And I want to be the person who has an opportunity to change the game. I got to be, I have to be that guy. I can't be the guy who's not out there because of fear. I can't do it. Remember your marching orders. These guys have to remember what they are. Oh, I got to go back. This is what I got to do. It doesn't matter. I have to get open. You're like, man, he should have been sacked. Right? Should have been sacked. That dude is a white quarterback. He can't run. He should have been sacked. The Lord somehow released that boy out of the clutches of the enemy, freed him from the enemy's camp, and all of a sudden, he got out and threw that pass. And you know when that pass went up, everyone was like in the toilet, doing, what's going on? Dude catches the ball, and they're trying to figure out. They're doing replays, and he catches it and hit the ground. Ball never hit the ground. God. David's hands. A little bit of both. For you, same thing. God works with you. I'm going to use your skill. And God said, I'm going to come make up the difference. And we're going to do it together. All the stuff, David, you learned in private, how to kill bears and lions, it's coming. Don't worry about it. All the stuff I've been showing you, Maria, Linda, all that stuff, don't worry about it. It's coming. It's going to be a bigger stage. It's going to be a lot more in attendance. Can you do it there? If you can do it in private, God said, you can do it in public. Amen. Do it in public. God, God's getting ready. Church, he's getting ready to show off his church. So if you can't be shown off and be okay with being looked at, get off the bus. There's too many people going through stuff who need what you have to be afraid and intimidated to show this is what Jesus did in my life and this is how he came through and I was dealing with sexual addiction and things were happening but all of a sudden God came through and God said use your mouth. Use your mouth. These guys are training for their life to be in this game. Their life. No room for fear and even if there was you got to overcome it. I got to still play free in this game, even though I'm feeling anxiety. I still got to do it. How many things in your life have you stopped because of anxiety and fear? And God said, those were just symptoms that you have to learn to overcome to get past it, to actually be blessed. There's... 
there's always going to be some sort of antithesis to blessing. There's always going to be these little symptoms that are trying to medicate really what's going on and try to stop you. They're like little serums that come in to try to say, no, you can't. You got to get over that and say, no, I'm going to do it. I do it anyway. I can't get the job. Why well, can't get the job? I'm scared. Get over yourself. Get over your fear and step out. I was reading today in 1 John. The Lord always does things on time. You know how God is. He always comes in and tells you something. First John, when talks about this, no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fearful involves torment. And if you feel tormented, basically what he's saying is you haven't been made perfect in love. Not perfect without sin, but complete. You don't realize the fullness of that love and be able to accept it. God loves you as you are. It has, it has nothing to do with the fact that you don't get fearful about something. There's a difference between becoming fearful and intimidated as opposed to a spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. It doesn't mean that it doesn't try to linger. And it comes up all through your, your childhood issues and your trauma, and it has a way of waving at you just at the right time when you're about to be promoted or God's going to try to do something. And you're like, or wonder, and, and where's that coming from? It just waves. Still wondering, how you doing? You're never going to get it. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Remember your marching orders. It doesn't mean someone else is not telling you stuff. Here's where you can be confident of. If you're putting in the work, you're doing what God's called you to do. You're less apt to shrink in fear because you know you've done the work. You've done everything you can to prepare for it. Are you afraid of success and what that means for you? Or are you afraid of failure? You have to decide which one. People love success. They like success stories. We see signs like, well, success breeds success. Everybody loves the signs. And we put them on Instagram like, yeah, man, success. And we love it. And it's like, but a lot of people get it and they can't hold it. Are you more afraid of that or are you more afraid of failing and not doing it? I'm more afraid of not trying. Because the Spirit of God has put it in you and you don't step out and try. That's not on God. And I know God's been urging people to step out or to do stuff. And that's where we're at as a body. Well, we've been out of body, that's been like six, seven years here, but now, especially in this season, to continue to step out as a body and do the things God's called to do. Most of you got promotions, you got new jobs, promotions. People are getting blessed. That doesn't come without putting in the work and being faithful. I'm gonna take the land. There's a lot of stuff in the land that we gotta take. 